He calls her the Pokemon's Florence Nightingale, which has some interesting implications. Definitely. That'll come back. The Crimean War is canonical (laughs) to the Pokemon universe. The Crimean War is canonical. Oh my god. Bingo, bango, bongo. Feed a bomb flower to a dodongo. Welcome back to To Kill a Delibird, the ultra premier Pokemon anime rewatch podcast where we watch the Pokemon anime from the beginning, compare them to literature, and have a whole lot of fun along the way. I'm Graham, the one who says mostly nonsense, and Mm -hmm. my co-host here is Kellen, who says some nonsense, but some Pokemon facts. Yeah, but you could argue that those Pokemon facts are also nonsense. It's all about a frame of reference. I would say this is the one, you know, hour where that otherwise nonsense becomes holy grail, feed me it, (laughs) prime rib, beautiful textured uh, sentiment. Yep. And if you don't think that, uh, you're wrong. You're at the wrong church, buddy. Yep. Yep. Well, we usually do a quick pop culture recap this, uh, you know, at the beginning, just general stuff before we get into the episodes. I think you saw a movie this week. Yeah, I went to see the new Hunger Games prequel film, uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which admittedly doesn't roll off the tongue that well. Not really, eh? <laughs> no, uh, but it was good. It was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I have not read the book. I, in- I intend to in the near future, but uh, the movie was was very good. And do you have to be like a Hunger Games diehard to enjoy it? Or do you think it like sets enough stuff up that you could still watch it? I think you could still watch it. I mean, if you like Hunger Games, that would help for sure. For but, sure. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a prequel set 64 years before the events of the first Nintendo book. 64 years oh, oh, before oh. Katniss Everdeen. It's very um like setting up what the uh, initial games were. There are obviously some things that you're going to you're going to get a lot better if you've seen the first films or read the first books. But I, I don't think they're required viewing to watch the, the prequel. Mm, OK, I think it's it's its own uh, own self-contained story enough. Now, how hungry are the games this time? Really hungry? They're kind of less hungry in a way. Oh, OK. Interesting. quite a bit of so- food. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't well no not not really that way but if you, okay, if you don't want if you don't want any spoilers for for Hunger Games or the prequel skip ahead a couple it, minutes it like just came out so don't don't spoil like the a week movie. ago yeah. Yeah. yeah well no it's it's not like spoilers spoilers but it's just like kind of how things are set up so like in the seventy fourth Hunger Games that we see in the original trilogy that's like a big event televised it's a huge thing it, it can go on for a couple of weeks it's this massive arena with like a an invisible magnetic shield. Stuff like that. It's crazy stuff. And all, all of the tributes are, are paraded around and uh, given interviews and uh, put into uniforms for the arena and whatnot. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the prequel, this is the 10th Hunger Games, where they're still kind of figuring things out. Oh, okay. And basically, up to this point, it has been a small arena, like a, like the size, not even the size of, of what you would think of like a, like a Roman Colosseum. Right. Mm. And it's it's very small. They don't expect these games to last more than a couple of hours. Okay. they they basically take the tributes. They throw them into uh, in in the movie or for the 10th Hunger Games. They throw them into a zoo for a few days before the games start so that people can like see them and whatnot. Oh, like a zoo where they're the animals. Yeah, exactly. And then they take them to the arena. They're still in their clothes from when they were from when they were reaped. 
Um, so they're not like dolled up or anything. Uh, and they take them into the arena and they put them on their their pedestals and then they sound the gong and they go kill each other. So it's it's very it's not nearly Scuffed. as as much fanfare as we see in the original trilogy. But the 10th Hunger Games is where we see things like the interviews and sponsor gifts coming into play because the main character, the protagonist, are young Snow, who will become President Snow in the original trilogy. Um, it's his ideas. John that Snow? Sort of get... No, Coriolanus. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's not a crossover. It's his, it's his ideas of, of sponsorships and interviews and making people get to know the tributes that will carry forward for the next 64 years. So it's like the Mad Men of Hunger Games, where sure. they're showing us how the marketing really kicks off. Sure. I have not seen Mad Men, but sure. Oh, it's about like a marketing firm in the 50s. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah, it's very good. And there, there's, there's, there's Coriolanus Snow, and then there's his friend uh, Sejanus. And I just wonder why they gave, or why Suzanne Collins in the book gave two characters' names that end in anus. Oh, you know it. It's a secret code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something about butts. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, if you like Hunger Games, go see the movie. It was Where good. characters' names end in anus. Yep. That should be on the box. Agreed. Well, I have a dumb bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You I always do. have a dumb When are they smart bits? <laughs> I don't know. Aside from it's... the one newspaper one. That was relatively smart, yeah. Yeah, that one at least took, like, effort. Well, they mm -hmm. all take effort, but a stupid <laughs> kind of effort. Okay. Yeah. So this one is going to... I don't know who all can relate to this, but I like to collect physical video games. Mm -hmm. And as someone who does, sometimes I would buy things like off of a sale or something like that and not get around to playing them, which is, uh, you know, not good. But uh, The plight of all gamers. Okay, good, good. I don't know if it's relatable or not. Feels kind of bad to be like, oh, I got this stuff I'm not using. You're not a true gamer if you don't have a backlog of games you've never played. But what Come I did on. is I looked at my collection and I picked out the top 10 games. I'm going to rank my top 10 favorite games out of the games that I have physically that I have <laughs> never played. So it's going to be purely speculative and, uh, and not meaningful and not conclusive and really a big waste of time. So I, I hope you uh, strap yourself in. And it has nothing to do with the episodes we're looking at. No, today. this is... <laughs> There's nothing, not one of these games are a Pokemon game either, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, bear with me. If you don't like video games in general, maybe skip ahead five minutes, but uh, let's see what happens, all right? Mm -hmm. Number 10. Rise of the Tomb Raider, 20-year celebration on the PS4. So this is the second game in the uh, like newer reboot Tomb Raider trilogy. I don't own the first, nor have I played it, and I don't own any other Tomb Raider. I bought this purely because it was uh, on sale. It was cheap. And sometimes, I don't know if you do this, and this is kind of a bad habit, but if I'm like feeling kind of down, I would, I'll do this less because there's just less good physical game stores and stuff. But I used to just go to like Best Buy or something and buy something. Buy a game <laughs> like like it would make me feel happier. That is a dangerous habit. It is a dangerous habit. But I would make sure they were only like twenty dollars or less. Like yeah, or, so yeah, of course. So it was bargain big games. So that's why I have this Tomb Raider game, and I'm really not into Tomb Raider at all. So I I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> it looks really good though. I bet you it's I bet you it's good. Okay, number nine. 
And you can you can speak up if you've played any of these, mm-hmm. but I kind of don't think you have. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Probably not. Mad World on the Wii. Yeah, it's I have no idea what that Sega is. by Sega and Platinum Games. It is black and white and red, and those are the only colors in it. It looks phenomenal. Everything is like a black and white comic book, except that there's blood everywhere. The cover pictures a, a balking dude in kind of like biker outfit, and he his arm is a chainsaw. So I, I bet you this is really a really good action beat-em-up game. Lots of blood. That's why it's my number nine. It looks pretty solid, and I, I like beat-em-up. You know what else is black and white and red? A penguin covered in the blood of his family after he suffered like a psychotic episode. Uh, yeah, I was going to say a zebra in a blender, but oh, that too. I outgrewsomed you. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Battle Fantasia on the Xbox 360. So this is by Arc Systems Works, who is a renowned fighting game uh, developer. I have no idea what this game is. I know I got it as part of a sale at uh, EB Games where they were, it was like 30 bucks for five 360 games. No, 30 bucks for six 360 games. So it was like $5 a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have no idea what this game is. If anybody <laughs> knows what it is, I think it's a fighting game. I've never put it in. It has a beautiful cover. Apparently, it did not review very well. But, man, they make such good fighting games. I bet you this game rocks and nobody's mm-hmm. heard of it. I might be sitting on a hidden gem here, folks. Sure you are. Sure I am. $5 can't go wrong. No, you can't. Number seven. Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition on the PlayStation 4. I have actually played Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> I bought it. I put it in. I was like, this game fucking sucks. Like, what am I doing? I'm like in leather running around a desert. I was so bored. So I took it and I sold it, but then the Royal Edition was on sale, and people maybe said it, this one's good. People said it fixes things. I think it's the same game, but with like DLC. I don't know. And it was cheap, so I bought it, but I've never played it <laughs> because my first experience was bad. But technically, I haven't played this one. So this list makes no sense. <laughs> what do you mean? What are we doing here? <laughs> I bet you it's good. It has a cool cover. Lots of blues. Lots of whites. Hmm. Number six. Number six. Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap on the Switch. Well, that just sounds great. Oh, yeah. It sure does sound great. Also very cool uh, comic-y kind of art on the cover. This is a remake, I believe, of a Sega Master System game. And what they did is they made a system where you can switch between the original graphics and the modern graphics, like with the click of a button. And you can switch Mm. between the modern soundtrack and the retro soundtrack with a click of a button. That's cool. I bet you that that is an amazing experience, which I have not had. Yeah. All right. Number Number five. five. Bangayo Spirits on the Nintendo DS. This I got recommended in a video by Tim Rogers, video game uh, expert and journalist and a bunch of things. It is a treasure game. I don't know those of you who remember the developer Treasure. They made uh, Gunstar Heroes. What the hell else, else, Kellen? Do you remember? Uh, Absolutely no idea. Ikaruga. Radiant Silver Gun. They made a bunch of acting games. This is a DS game about mechs. It looks very chaotic. There's tons of like explosions on the back. According to the back, it has over 160 levels. Uh, I do not really know what this game is <laughs> either, <laughs> but it's got mechs, it's got explosions, it's got 160 levels. 
It's got one to four player co-op multiplayer. Oh my God, Bangayo Spirits. You look incredible. Number four. Blue Dragon on the Xbox 360. This was a game published by Microsoft, but by uh, Mistwalker, I believe. They were a studio that was made up of Final Fantasy creators. So basically, Hironobu Sakaguchi, also known affectionately by fans as the Gooch, uh, nice. left Square Enix around Final Fantasy X and uh, made his own studio. Nobuo Umatsu became a contractor, did music for the games. And this was one of the games that they put out, one of the big games. The other one was Lost Odyssey which I have played, and it's pretty good. I haven't played this. It was critically panned at the time for kind of being too generic, but I've also heard that if you get through the beginning, it's it's a pretty, it's a decent JRPG. It has a Kira Toriyama-style art style, and uh, the really weird part, it is ha- it has music by Ian Gillen in two songs, who is the lead singer of Deep Purple, because Nobuo Umatsu, for some reason, like is a big fan and got him to like make a song for it. Um, did not sell well. Yeah, Microsoft tried to use this to like sell the Xbox in Japan, but uh, nobody bought it. Hmm. Yeah, and that's the game I maybe know the most about. So <laughs> without playing it, number three, Lightning Returns: Final Fantasy Thirteen on the Xbox 360. The great part about my copy here is it actually names a certain cities, which I won't name. It names its public library on the case. I have the copy that they gave out at the public library of this game. And the story is one of my friends was like, I think his ex-girlfriend's mom was a librarian and she used to give him 360 games they were getting rid of. Oh, and he sweet. had Lightning Returns. And I was like, I've played Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 13 too, but I haven't played Final Fantasy 13 Lightning Returns. And I still haven't. So, <laughs> But I think it's cool I have a library edition. Sure, yeah, why not? Number two. Yoshi's Woolly World on the Wii U. Oh, that one's pretty fun, actually. Oh, you've played this one. You're yeah. right. Because actually, uh, I, first saw this, it. I first saw this at your house, and we thought it was very cute. So then bought my own copy. Didn't really play it much at your place, but I think we saw a bit of it. Now, what happened is I bought it used at GameStop and then didn't get around to playing it for a month and then put it in, and it did not work. Oof. But But their warranty was over. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't give me a new copy. I tried, I've tried buffing it twice, and it still doesn't work. So Yeesh. Yoshi's Woolly World 2 looks pretty cute and charming. <laughs> I have not played it because it doesn't work. It is very cute. It is super, super cute. The Wii U gets a lot of shit, but it has some, some good games and some good-looking games, and Yoshi's Woolly World is one of them. It looks very, very good, and it's Well, and the Wii U died fun. so that the Switch could soar. Like, exactly. So many good uh, Wii U games just got like the life they deserved on the mm-hmm. switch like donkey kong country tropical freeze that's a 10 Ugh. out of 10 platformer so good um some of the xenoblade games got re-released i think yeah no, that's xenoblade one, one from the wii no i lied xenoblade chronicles x is the wii u one and that one's stranded yeah. on the wii u that might be yeah. the only yeah, wii yeah, u yeah. game left in terms of big ones yeah i think so. big ones, something yeah. like that and like fucking animal crossing amiibo festival but we don't talk <laughs> we don't talk about that game that's okay right yeah Okay, so before I do my number one, I have a couple noteworthy runners up. Got it? Yeah. So I, if you'll notice, I did not include any collections there. I actually have a bunch of collections that I have not played for some reason. So I'm going to go through them quickly. So first one, Zone of the Enders HD, the HD collection on Xbox 360. Shenmue 1 and 2 on PS4. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kawabunga Collection on Switch, Ratchet and Clank on PS4, Collection of Mana on the Switch, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection on Switch, Star Wars Racer and Commando Combo Pack, Star Wars Racer and Star Wars Republic Commando on the Switch, and Disney Classic Games Collection, The Jungle Book, Aladdin, and The Lion King on the Switch. Which brings us to number one. Are you ready for this? Yes. It's already. Nintendogs and Cats, Toy Poodle <laughs> and New Friends Plus Cats Edition on Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> so we get a beautiful toy poodle on the cover and his mm-hmm. young cat friend. Very cute. I've never played a Nintendogs game. They were pretty big. I can see on the back. We get access to the Pembroke Welsh Corgi, the Miniature oh, Schnauzer, yeah. the go. Labrador Retriever, the Jack Russell Terrier, the Toy Poodle, the Bull Terrier, the Boxer, the Shih Tzu, and the Pomeranian. So that's my number one. That looks baller. <laughs> Look at all those nice dogs. So is this list your uh, excuse to brag about weird-ass games you own for some reason? I don't know, but we could make it that <laughs> if you think that that fits. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, after that, I don't know how we top that list, honestly, uh, but we're going to have to try. Right, let's talk some Pokemon, shall we? I would love to. In fact, I feel joy in discussing oh. Pokemon. Yes. Today we're looking at two more episodes. We're looking at episode 94, The Joy of Pokemon, and episode 95, Naval Maneuvers. So let's jump Whoa. into... The joy of Pokemon. Now, before we get into the actual episode here, I want to talk about the title card. Okay. And I, so I, I know if you're watching the video version, you'll see it on screen. And I know you, 99%, did not note anything about the title card. Nope, I did not. I do not Perfect. know what you're about to say. Okay. So I'm going to send you a photo of it just so you know what I'm talking about. You can see what I'm talking about. Now, in, in the past, aside from one episode being the Flame Pokemonathon, when the word Pokemon is in the title of the episode, on the title card, they typically use the logo of the Pokemon franchise in place of the typed word. However, this time around, for some reason, it seems like we're moving past that, and they're just typing out the word Pokemon. Now, as you know, the word Pokemon has an accent over the E, because it's technically pronounced Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Now, look look at that title card. Uh, okay. What is, that, that is not a fucking accent. That is a slash, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay. That is a fucking slash. And I'm speaking about this from post-perspective, post-production's perspective. What, what does it look like? What does the normal one look like? What does the Not normal that. accent look like? It's more to the left, typically, and it's like thicker is what an accent is supposed to, supposed usually supposed to look like. And it's it's like more horizontal than that. Hmm. Slanted, yeah. Yes. Oh, that is a slash. You're right. It's like the key. It's like a keyboard key slash. What they did, I am 100% confident in this. What they did is between the word of and Pokemon, there is an extra line in there. And what they did was in that line, they put a slash over where the E was, made the font really small, and then changed the line spacing between the two lines so that they would overlap uh, in a way that the, the other lines don't do that. And you know what helps with this theory here? Hmm. When Ash is saying, the joy of Pokemon, as the title appears, when the titles appear, they appear one letter at a time, right? You know that? Yeah. So as as the title is appearing, it goes T-H-E-J-O-Y-O-F, and then the slash appears, and then P-O-K-E-M-O-N. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. This is breaking news, folks. It's a fucking slash. That is 
Are you going to make exclusive. a TikTok about this? I totally fire. should. <laughs> <laughs> Typography in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I am 100% confident that they, they put a slash on a separate line. Maybe italicized it a little bit and then uh, just changed the line spacing and then put the, the fucking effect on that made it do uh, one letter at a time. Because why else would the slash appear in between the F and the P? Whoever did that is a genius who got away mm-hmm. scot-free for like yep. 23 years. And now, <laughs> and now someone is holding them to justice. <laughs> the dubbing team didn't know how to put an accent on the E for some reason. This I think that was clever. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the ma- vast majority of people wouldn't have caught that. The vast majority. I am no regular person, no, apparently. You're a hero. You're a, <laughs> a true typography wizard among humans. And- Anyway, that is my uh, my rant on the title screen. That was fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Shout us out in the comments if you think typography. That's not even a mistake. It's like a quirk. Ty- typographical it's a, quirks. It's a loophole or a a um a hack. A hack. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's get into the actual episode, the Joy yeah, of Pokemon, or, or in Japanese, the Joy of Pokemon. Oh, what's sailing the joy. Cross the raging waves. Oh, I love it. Sailing joy. <laughs> All right. This so, is about a sailing joy. Yes, it is. Uh, a real bad, the most badass joy by far. Absolutely. So we're back on the ocean on Lapras, as usual. Ash mm-hmm. loves to polish that GS ball. That's yeah, what he's doing. Got to polish your balls. And on the horizon, we see a boat coming in. And we uh, we look closer. It we seems, think it's a it's, motorboat at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's actually Nurse Joy and a Chansey in a kayak, and she is zooming by. She oh, is paddling with the force of a thousand suns. At least. At least a thousand suns. Not a thousand and, so and one. She zooms by the gang, and Ash and Missy are like, what was that? That looked like a, that didn't look like a speedboat. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I believe Tracy hits us with a, a great detective line. Someone was rowing that boat. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's certain that that was a Nurse Joy. He says, I'm a watcher, and that was a joy. Yes. They're thinking like, but joy's not strong enough. They really do think that jo- joys are exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. they're cloned, like, identically. That's what you think. And I think they're cloned, but then they're allowed to go into the world and have some independence. Like, they're cloned as young girls, not as uh, <laughs> adults. It's a very uh, Bioshock level. You know, very, shit. very, yes, yeah. the, the little, little sisters, sisters, the big daddies, yeah. the little joys, and the big... Magikarp. <laughs> yeah, nailed it, nailed it. Yeah. And they live underwater in Rapture 2, and it's horrifying. <laughs> so, on the beach, uh, there's footprints. And Tracy looks at them, there's two sets of footprints, one's a Chansey, one of them has to be Nurse Joy. He deduces that Joy's about a size 7. Very important. Th- this is where Tracy, you know, we were this talking is a weird about Tracy, Tracy Tracy's bullshit. I think that they kind of replaced Tracy. They kind of replaced Brock Absolutely. with like, with like, uh, they replaced Brock's horniness with Tracy, but they yep. didn't want him to be the same kind of horniness. So they made him a weird kind of horniness. <laughs> they made him a foot guy. Yeah. He knows foot sizes. You're right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He's Fuck. like, this matches the pictures of Joy's feet I bought off of eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross, gross. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so the, they follow the footprints, and they reach some stone, and that's where the footprints stop. And so uh, I think it's Misty says, you know, it's harder, it's easier to to see footprints on sand rather than stone, to which Ash replies, unless they step in a paint bucket. 
beautiful you, detective Ash. moment. Thank you. <laughs> Checkmate, which, Ash. <laughs> which I thought this was going to be that Ash notices that there's painted footprints that continue <laughs> on the stone. But no, it's just, it's nothing. No, it's nothing. <laughs> it's like Ash felt like he had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this is when Tracy notes more weird uh, details about the joy that he noticed. Yep. He says Very that weird. her arms were like a, a centimeter larger in circumference and her, her shoulders were a little bigger. And this is a buff joy. This is some Brock level simping. Oh, and he's got actual measurements. Like he says, yes. a, a good two centimeters larger in circumference. Yeah. That is that, crazy. In a like <laughs> half a second view of this joy. Right. This he's is got in, measurement. Yeesh. When suddenly a giant magic carp flies out Boom. of the water and flops onto the land. Humongous Huge. flops on the land, almost crushes them. This is like way larger than a human. This thing is like a house. Well, not quite, but it's like a shed. Yeah. And then Joy appears. And mm-hmm. this is the Joy that we saw before. She is your typical Joy, but she's very tan, it would seem. Yeah. Yeah. And and they, they don't necessarily draw her buff, but they make so many comments about yeah. how buff she is. And uh, we do see that she has like, she's very strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily animate her buff they kind of yeah. animate her the same as everybody else <laughs> the extra joy budget here went to to changing her color palette to make her look tan right that they was really they couldn't change really the arms tough. yeah she's super tan so she's like the okinawa joy and this magic carp okay so i i thought it was interesting how this magic carp's giant and that alone is like kind of scary right because you're like even by just it's it's mass like it can do some damage but ash says it can only use Splash, so we're safe. <laughs> Despite the fact that it's huge. Yeah, but it's still a Magikarp. It's useless. Yeah, it can only use Splash. Got no attacks. Do you know Magikarp can jump over a mountain? What? Yeah. In that Pokemon Stadium minigame? Uh, I'm looking for Pokedex entries quick. Black and white. A Magikarp living for many years can leap a mountain using Splash. The move Pretty remains impressive. useless, though. <laughs> Even though it can leap a mountain? Yeah. That's useful for transportation, even. You could have Magikarp <laughs> Gondola. Just tie something to that, get to the top of the mountain instantly. <laughs> People would pay money. Super so safe. She deduces this Magikarp is low on calcium. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the main problem here. So she soothes the Magikarp and feeds it a whole bottle of calcium tablets before hoisting it above her head and chucking it back in the water. And that's so fucking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's just like completely lifts the Magikarp clean, clean and jerk right above her head. No problem. It. Yeah. So this Joy, we learn, doesn't have a Pokemon Center. Nope. She just kind of kayaks from small island to small island helping Pokemon on these small islands that are too small to have their own Pokemon Centers. So she is basically how the Orange Islands would work is normally the municipalities have a Joy and a Pokemon Center, which takes care of healthcare for that municipality. However, these regions are too small to have their own municipal government. So she is the joy equivalent of the RCMP. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? Sure, I guess. She is a federally mandated uh, joy (laughs) who uh, goes to the different islands uh, and helps them. I would love to see her in a Mountie outfit, but I get that it's a little hot there. (laughs) I'm sure you could pay someone to sketch that out for you if you really wanted to see it. Well, I don't want to see it that bad. Yeah. But if so, it sure. makes it. That's cool. Sure. So Tracy sketches her uh, because that's what he likes to do. Yeah, he uh, he calls Trace. her He calls her the Pokemon's Florence Nightingale, which has some interesting implications. Definitely. That'll come back. The in, Crimean uh, War. 
is canonical <laughs> to the Pokemon universe. The Crimean War is canonical. Oh my god. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're absolutely right. And exactly. it goes back to King Henry VIII being yep. a canon, uh, which means England is is canon. Like, So Europe is canon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would kind of mm. like to think that how in the real world we would read fun stories of Pokemon that Europe is actually like a myth in the Pokemon world. <laughs> that they're all So it's like similar to talking about like Hercules or something. Oh, you think all of these things they're mentioning are just urban legends in the Pokemon universe? What if Europe is a fairy tale in the Pokemon <laughs> universe? <laughs> it's an interesting thought experiment. I'm not was, opposed to that. I think Florence that's kind of Nightingale funny. Where was Nightingale from? Uh, great question. She was an English social reformer. Okay, born so Europe, in Italy. European. We got it. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure she wasn't from like Cincinnati or something. <laughs> like royally <laughs> fucked that up. I don't know if anyone notable is from Cincinnati. Booyah. I think they might. They probably have an Ikea. Yeah. Oh, my love. (laughs) Get them horse meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so so, uh, Ash is hungry. Shocker. Joy invites them to her clinic for lunch. I thought she didn't have a center. Hmm? She doesn't. Hmm? She has a clinic. What's the difference? Yeah, I think the implication is that this is just like an office and not a uh, not a service center, right? Where the Pokemon centers uh, have a service component, but she does all of her service on outpatient. Mm-hmm. There's no inpatient capacity here. Mm, I guess so. So they eat lunch. Joy checks up on Lapras, gives her some uh, vitamins. Uh, I say that with quotes around them because we're not I mean, we're never really told what these are. They could be steroids, but you don't know. I mean, they're meth. They're absolutely amphetamines because he says how Lapras is worn out and tired, and now she's good to go. Yeah, it it concerns me how many pills this woman shoves down Pokemon's throats. Like, she she put, like, three or four in Lapras, and earlier with the the Magikarp, she downed a whole bottle into that thing. I don't... I don't like that. There's this new mini series out called Painkillers about the rise of the opioid epidemic, uh, epidemic coming from uh, Oxycontin over uh, prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of reminiscent. Be careful, Joy. She's getting all her patients hooked. <laughs> mm-hmm. The big pharma's profiting. It's all a big marketing scam. Don't like that and from people you, are paying the price. The uh, the gang wants to help her. Uh, with with Pokemon checkup, they're gonna learn a lot about this. But uh, she she's like ten times faster in the kayak. They're trying to keep up. They can't keep up with this. Joy. Oh, she zooms so fast. She's zooming, and then we get a a really fucking cheesy montage. Yeah. So together forever plays. <laughs> yeah. Together forever. And we see that yeah, this montage me. of them helping Joy help Pokemon, and they it is very like eighties where like yeah. one. One scene, things are going right. The next, things are going wrong. And they're kind of like, oh, joy. (laughs) (laughs) But the Pokemon, we see uh, her help. Um, We see a Kingler. We see an Onix. We see a Mankey. The Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur is like holding her up to help the Mankey. The interesting thing about the Onix part, though, is that she's trying to like use needles on the Onix. And I wonder how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But as mm. we've learned in other episodes, like if Onyx gets wet, he's suddenly like this malleable piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, so, so maybe she just needs to like water him and then she can needle. You would think it would just be easier to make Onyx take it orally. And there you have it, folks. We've went this long before the phrase Onyx take it orally was <laughs> mentioned. 
but it has to happen at some point. It's how you take medicine. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, we don't know anything about the Onyx Rectum. Maybe a nice suppository yeah. is a clean way to go. <laughs> so suddenly on the sea, we're back uh, after the montage. The, the gang finds Joy's kayak, but uh, Joy and Chansey seem to be missing. Tracy thinks a Gyarados may have overturned their boat. They're hiding underneath the surface. Uh, and suddenly a little pink ball surfaces. They think, oh, is that Chansey? It kind of looks dead. So I hope it's not Chansey. And they go up to it and whoop, it's Jigglypuff. Yeah, I wrote down. And then they see Chansey's ass on the surface. <laughs> Chansey moons them. turns into a Jigglypuff. And this kicks the gang into gear. They go kayaking off at the speed of joy. And that's all we see of Jigglypuff. Yeah, that's it, eh? There's yeah, no Deus Ex Jigglypuff in this episode, Usually, right? Usually when they set up Jigglypuff like this, she comes back at some point. She's usually but, uh, like the big uh, get out of jail free yeah, card. <laughs> but they point. seem to be just setting her up for no reason lately. Like this one right. and the the pink Pokemon episode. I don't believe she actually did anything in either episode. Right. Suddenly, Joy and Chansey surface on the on the water right yeah. where the gang is. They resolved that crisis really fast. <laughs> she went under to treat a uh, she says a cloister, a sick and cloister. So, and so she shows the gang, or she shows the guys, rather, Misty doesn't go down, how she treats Pokemon underwater. And the way she treats Pokemon underwater is exactly how she treats Pokemon on land, except she holds her breath for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and that was basically it. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's swim down. Yeah, and let's give some medicine. Now, Tracy and Ash transform into swimsuits instantly. Very cool skill. Pikachu's sad. He's not going down. He looked worried. Now, underwater, Ash and Tracy are watching her treat the, the Pokemon, and there's a dugong, like, dugong? photobombing them. Dugong. Like, oh. giving them bunny ears, making funny <laughs> faces. It's great. I love this dugong. Dugong is great. It's so uninspired of a design, but I love dugong. I think Just that you need you need some vanilla designs to get away yeah. with the really weird shit. Yeah, like you, I agree. You could like Dugong is vanilla, so Mister Mime can be <laughs> like what's a really fucking weird flavor of ice cream? <laughs> Rum and raisin. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dugong is vanilla, so Mister Mime can be rum and raisin. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this Dugong is watching, and Ash runs out of breath. And as soon as he does, Dugong grabs him and just, like, smothers him, trying to play, apparently. Mm -hmm. Nearly kills the guy. But he's okay. We're back at the clinic. He's he's curled up. He He's fine. He didn't drown quite. And, yeah, then and we of get course, some... the road to recovery is a blanket and tea um, yes. from almost uh, uh, drowning. He's, yeah. he's fine very quickly. Trace, Tracy kind of is curious, really, about why Joy does such dangerous stuff. And I believe his exact words are, wouldn't it be easier to be a basic bitch kind of Joy? <laughs> and yeah, Joy's like, fuck no. Fuck that. <laughs> Joy's like, bet. And she goes into a flashback. Yeah, when she was little, when she was a little Joy, she found a hurt Magikarp. And I believe we called them Joylings. Joy, oh, okay. So when she was a little Joyling, she found a hurt Magikarp. <laughs> And she took it in and she cared for it. And when it was fine, she released it. And then one day on a on a boat with some of her, her family joys, she fell into the water and she was saved by that same Magikarp. And they from then friends she for life. And vowed to always love Pokemon. And in fact, that giant Magikarp you saw at the beginning of the episode was in fact that same Magikarp. 
Right. So she's got a ride or die Manchi pair homie, and it's also mm-hmm. her origin story, which is very cool. Now, on the, in this flashback, when she falls off of the boat, yeah, the family around her are a bunch of joys. Now, yep. do joys make new joys? <laughs> do joys <laughs> spawn somehow? Is I, there I, like a mating season where joys lay eggs and then the new joy <laughs> is born? I think it's, um, what's it called? Mitosis? Where they oh, split, where they split into, into two? Into two? Okay. Yeah. And yeah, then is there a ceremony when they're like 13 or 14? That's like a sort of bar mitzvah thing where they get a chancy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, God. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and who's making these joys? <laughs> Who started this whole thing? You got to go right to the top. You right figure that to out. the top. So Joy has one more stop to make today on her rounds, but the winds have picked up. A hurricane is on the way. Joy doesn't give a shit, though. There's some baby seal that need to be cared for. So she's she's off. Uh, Tracy will not rest until he knows that Joy is safe. He can't let her go out on her own, even though she is clearly capable. And a lot more this. capable than him. Exactly. And so he goes after her, which makes Ash and Misty go after him. So they're all going. And as they catch up to Joy, the waves have started getting really rough. They get flung out of their kayaks by a giant wave. And so they got to use... Their water Pokemon to get to a nearby island. Squirtle, Meryl, Staryu, and Psyduck, who cannot swim. And who is still alive, but is still drowning now. (laughs) And so we're on a small island, and the storm has passed. Really not not much came of this. And the gang realizes (laughs) that they were stupid. Yeah. That this was an entirely unnecessary plot point. Definitely. And uh, Joy's like, yeah, it's okay. You're all trying to help. And finally, 15 minutes into this episode... Team Rocket finally shows up. I know there's so many episodes like this is this is a really good example of this episode where the idea for it is, hey, what if we had this cool joy who like swims like kayaks island to island instead of being out of center? That would be a cool thing to introduce. And then they're like, but Fuck, we got to slip Team Rocket. In Team in Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting to a point where I was genuinely thinking, is Team Rocket even in this episode? Like, I know we, they're in every episode, but where the hell earlier, are they? There was like a brief point. They weren't introduced yet, but there was a brief point where like someone was looking eerily. And, was uh, there? That, I don't remember that yeah, at all. Yeah, much earlier. It's very small. It's just like a cut. And hmm. it isn't confirmed to be Team Rocket, but it, it likely is. Regardless. Whether or not that, that is the case, uh, they're here now. They finally showed up. They want the Chansey. And Meowth is very confident with his secret weapon, his new secret weapon, another missile that shoots a net. Meowth, that's not new. He's so confident, though, that what is new is he refers to James as Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. That's so random. <laughs> it was random just because he's never done it. It's like no. it's like he decided to just try out a new nickname and like it, it didn't stick. So he goes yeah. back to James. <laughs> so uh, they shoot the net. They trap Joy and the gang. And then we get the motto uh, differences here. Uh, prepare for trouble. Ahoy. Make a double nurse joy. And then Team Rocket blasting off at the speed of light, light, light. Surrender now or, or prepare to fight, fight, fight. Nothing too big. Yeah, and Meowth says they're going to have a net gain of two Pokemon. Meowth pun. Yeah, the the gang asks, like, why why do you show up all the time? Why can't (laughs) you go away? And uh, they say, as long as you have Pikachu, we three to you will stick like glue. Which I thought that was fun. And And Meowth Meowth goes, poesy. Poesy. (laughs) Which I thought Meowth didn't know how to say the word poetry, but apparently that's actually a word. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I it just means poetry. I, I thought it also was Meowth pronouncing poetry like like cat like. 
Yeah. No, I looked it up. Poesy. P-O-E-S-Y, I believe. It's just, just another word for poetry. Hmm. Just an older term? Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, you learn so, something every day. Yeah. So Joy Joy has a has a passionate inner monologue here. She's <laughs> begging for any any help to get them out of this net and any help for the baby seal. Because well, and this help. is where the hurricane plot comes back, is because when she was busy uh, you know, basically helping the kids <laughs> who came out mm-hmm. to help her, um, she still hasn't gotten to the seals that she yeah. was supposed to help. Yeah, so the gang really fucked up big time on this one. Oh yeah. So she's begging for any help inside when suddenly, boom, boom, giant Magikarp flies out of the sea and starts banging up the a sub. A mammoth Magikarp. And yeah. basically her sadness has summoned the Magikarp because they're so <laughs> in tune. He's got like a sadness radar, which is she very cool. feel it. Yeah. So this Magikarp is, is like flinging out of the water, hitting the sub. It's not really doing anything, though. And Misty says it's not strong enough to beat Team Rocket. And at this point in my notes... Um, I, I said, oh, yeah, it definitely won't evolve. Oh, it evolved. <laughs> yeah. So well, it evolves into It Gyarados, evolved because obviously. of more sadness. So yeah. it is not doing anything. James says, we'll whip this water type weakling. Meowth says, our metal Magikarp can't lose. Joy is crying. And the tears, remember, Pokemon tears are very important Magical. property. Magical. So. Is I've seen a theory online that Joy is a Pokemon, and uh, this might support that theory that Joy's tears here trigger evolution. <laughs> I mean, it's actually decent evidence, I guess. So I think so. she's actually, I think she's a clone, but I think the cloning technology all spawned from uh, the Mew Bone or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was done even before the movie time because there's so many Joys already. Maybe they had a time machine and let the Joys loose in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but either way her tears make the Magikarp evolve so now we've got a Gyarados and the tail slaps Team Rocket away Boom! go blasting off again the day is saved but Gyarados turns to the gang and Joy and looks very angry still and goes into the kill he devours them mm-hmm. and that's the episode no it's a fake out Joy nah. and a Gyarados are cuddling they're still nah, best he's... friends even though he's a Gyarados Gyarados has changed appearance but his personality is the same which, so we've seen, if you really put in the time with the Pokemon, even if they turn into a ferocious beast, they can still remember you. So the Charizard thing, you know, it wasn't an inevitability. Yeah, that's just Charizard being a dick. Yeah, and Ash being an And Ash not being good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Joy's petting him. It's fine. Gyarados gets rid of the net, and uh, we go back to the baby seal. Joy treats the baby seal, and Tracy sketches Joy and Gyarados. Uh, and gives a very ham-fisted message of maybe if people in the world treated each other better, everyone would get along. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. Okay, cool. Thanks, Tracy. (laughs) God, you're a dollar store Brock. (laughs) Brock would have said that way better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Joy remembers back to uh, when they met, when she met the gang, and uh, how Ash told her he wanted to be a Pokemon master and tells him about the, uh, there's a gym on Naval Islands. We should head there next, and that's, where we're going to go next time on our next adventure, and that is the episode as they go out on Lapras. Fantastic. So let's get to the literary hours. This is where we compare it to some literary, try to pull out some literary trope or or compare it to some uh, book or or movie or story. So uh, this, you know, they mentioned Florence Nightingale in this, and there's a trope called the Florence Nightingale effect on TV tropes which is uh, a plot point where a patient falls in, or where the doctor, sorry, falls in love with the patient. 
So this, uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't really know the origins of that name for it. But what I'm thinking of is Harley Quinn and the Joker from Batman comics. So Harley Quinn was a doctor, um, a psychiatrist, I believe, who had to see the Joker in Arkham Asylum and like worked with him a lot. And instead of her, her like fixing or, or curing the Joker, she like fell in love with him and joins his circus crew. And uh, and then lots of adventures go from there. The alignment here is uh, with the Gyarados and the Joy having some kind of uh, a love bond coming from that doctor-patient relationship. So there you go. Which one's the Joker? Which one's Harley Quinn? Are you saying Gyarados wants to fuck Joy? I don't know if. Yeah, okay. Harley Quinn and the Joker fuck. But I don't think the Joker <laughs> likes sex. Okay? I think he does it for power. <laughs> So one of them is power fucking, maybe. It's an interesting uh, analysis of Batman. Right? Makes it even more disturbing. All right. I just don't think sex is what the Joker is pursuing, right? He's pursuing chaos. Sex doesn't do anything for that man, huh? Nope, because it has an ending. It's a predictable one. It has a predictable ending. Shooting people on live TV is what does it for him. Yeah, and like... uh, You get what you fucking deserve. Skinning all of their flesh off... That was in a, a Joker comic, actually, where he like broke into this old Christ. couple's uh, apartment and, and skins them alive. It was fucked up. Yeah, the only thing I know about Joker is that scene from Joker where he shoots the talk show host guy. I weirdly enough have not seen the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Me neither. And I've seen a lot of Joker stuff, so I don't I know. I just know the you get what you fucking deserve. That's there it. you go. All right, let's rate this episode, shall we? Right, so this is the plastic ping pong picture of objective rankings. We're going to pull two categories, rank the episode based on those categories. What do we got, Kellen? First category this time will be the episode title. Oh, good. It's like it's like the joy of cooking, <laughs> you or know? The, the, the joy of painting. Yeah, yeah, so the many Bob good Ross. ones, right? And it's the a pun because it's Nurse Joy. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I think I think we include when we talk about this category the Japanese titles because we're Sailing talking about them. Sailing joy, cross the cross raging, the raging waves. waves. That is fun. A, that is an amazing, very thing. fun. Uh, nine point five. I'm gonna go with uh seven. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were so enthusiastic. It is very Sailing good. Sailing joy, the the joy of cooking is one of the best books ever. It's a very good title, but especially if we're looking at the Japanese ones, almost all of the Japanese titles are gonna be great from our perspective. So we gotta like. Figure okay, out what I the see. bar is there. I see. So. We gotta we gotta call it somewhere. I'm still sticking with the nine point five. I'm going to rank these completely subjectively. So this is me now immersing now, myself into the Japanese name. This is objective. No, this no, no. Point, this the, is the whole point process of the process is objective. My personal rankings are subjective, but they are transformed into an objective ranking through the process of the four poor. Mm, okay. So that's that's uh, episode title eight point two five. Beautiful. Because he just because he just had to throw a point five at me there, you know. It. Category number two will be breaking gender norms. We've seen that one maybe one time in the past. Breaking gender norms, okay, interesting one. Like I actually think that you know having a muscular, athletic woman for a two thousands show would have been somewhat novel. It, not completely out of nowhere, you know. We had Xena Warrior Princess, but it was still. It was still not that common. I, I think today mm-hmm. there's more and more examples of like kind of strong female characters, um, both physically and emotionally. But uh, it was it was a lot rarer back then. Yeah. Um, 
Now, the nurse thing is a, st- is a gender stereotype. Um, yeah. Right? And nurse well, she's going, super buff. But, but this is the buff one. And, like, her, like, picking up the magic carp and her kayak and, like, crazy. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty innovative. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. The guys didn't really do anything this episode. Yeah, they were useless. So they weren't, they weren't the protagonists of it. Yeah. Which is a kind of breaks a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Except that, like, Ash is often useless, so not really. Yeah, that's that's, that's very normal. No, I, I think it is fixated around Joy. Um, it is. Right? It's it's her episode. Yeah. Um, five. Oof. Okay, uh, seven. So that is an easy six. I thought having a Xena warrior princess Joy was actually quite progressive. Yeah, it's that, I mean, yeah. You know what? I'll, do, I'll give you a six on there. Oh, seven. got him up right. a point. You you convinced me slightly. Snuck a buck. Um, there's too many fucking decimals here today. Six point five, <laughs> eight point two five, five seven point three seven five. Oh, good score, good score, good score for that episode. Yeah. All right. Well, I like that one. I, I'm a fan good. of Buff Joy. Episode. Yeah. I hope she comes back and has to fight the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to naval maneuvers, or in Japanese, naval gym, snowy mountain battle. <laughs> love it love it right now were you expecting i mean because by snowy mountain battle of course i was thinking of snowy mountain but by naval maneuvers i was expecting like an ocean battle well it's naval island i know but like so you know <laughs> the navy <laughs> I mean, naval maneuvers no i, I mean i, I guess I, I mean i guess previously maybe but uh after after the end of last episode where joy's like hey go to naval island i was like oh that's that's why it was a soy right. jack moment. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. ooh, 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 she said the thing. Gotcha. So let's get into naval maneuvers. So the gang are on the way to Naval Island, as we just heard about at the end of the last episode. And we see it on the horizon. It's this little island with a giant mountain on it. Yeah, it looks and, like Dragon Roost Island from Wind Waker. Mm-hmm, it does. And the sea ruby badge will be found on this island in the gym. We're going to talk about that badge a bit later, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a little bit. So they get to the island. It seems deserted. There's nobody around. And uh, on the sea, we see a, a strapping young lad doing some windsurfing. Mm-hmm. He comes to shore, and he's wearing this sick Geodude Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah. And his Great. name is 90s Brad Pitt. And yep. he is a hunk. No, his name is Danny. Yeah, this is Danny. And uh, he flirts with Misty a little bit. He's uh, like... Uh, uh, he flirts with Misty a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've seen a lot of beautiful things in these islands, but nothing as beautiful as you. Sir, this is a child. Yeah, how old's Danny? Do we need uh, to call uh what's that what's that guy? <laughs> Chris Hansen? Yeah, do we need to call Chris Hansen? <laughs> there is no confirmed age of this guy, but he is much taller than the gang and um clearly an adult. Right, so you don't think he's just a really stretched out ten year old? <laughs> he's Mike TV at the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right, exactly. Yeah, just super <laughs> stretchy. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna assume okay, not. Okay. Anyway, uh so uh Team Rocket aren't far behind. See Team Rocket here. And yeah, they're in the it. sub. They've suffered blah, blah, several blah. significant setbacks. Nice alliteration. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the twi- uh, Twerp and his Pikachu are soon to be parted, is their ominous statement. You've been thinking that for 94 episodes, Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. So uh, Danny's leading the gang down a path on the island. Uh, mm-hmm. Pikachu's following on a little wall. He falls off. Sad. Oh, very sad. Misty compliments Danny's backpack. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I prepare. And Misty's like, oh, my God, you're so mature, uh, <laughs> as opposed to this little kid that I hang out with who does not prepare ever. And Ash is like, 
I'm so good. I do not need a plan. I'm just like, <laughs> I win without plans. That's how fucking baller I am, Misty. He's like, I don't need to prepare when I win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. You don't, have to, you don't have to prepare when you're as fly as me, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> then he throws money in the air. <laughs> Make it rain. Yeah. So uh, Danny clocks that Ash and Misty are very close. He's like, you know, you always hurt the ones you love. And Misty's like appalled by this. Mm -hmm. like, no, absolutely not. She likes the mature intellectual type, as she says. Whatever that means. And Ash is jealous of this guy. Yeah, both of them and Tracy it. are like, who the fuck is this Danny? Who is he? <laughs> and like, come on, it's so obvious, but we'll get there. <laughs> mm. And so uh, at the gym, uh, they open the door. It's just at the foot of the mountain here. And there's it's a cable a car. There's a, <laughs> there's a cable car here. Ash thinks you got to take that up to the gym. But there's a sign. Tracy reads out the sign. It says, welcome Pokemon trainers. All naval gym challengers must climb to the top. Trainers must reach the top on their own. Pokemon may not provide help. Any trainer using a Pokemon will be disqualified. Those accompanying challengers should use the cable car. Mm -hmm. And Pikachu's into this. He's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's climb this damn mountain. He reminds Ash, he can do it too. And they, they do this zoom in here on it was Danny's so weird. face. And it's so creepy. It's like so he's, sinister. He's like staring at them like really creepily. Like, like this is a murder plot. And they, exactly. And they play this like uh, ominous music. And I, it's just to set up like a bit of a twist, but like kind of an obvious one. But it felt like exactly. It felt like a, mod, uh, a murder plot. It felt like mm -hmm. they were saying Danny is, a, is going to skin them alive. Joker style. <laughs> So uh, Danny and Ash start climbing the this sheer and cliff Pikachu face. and Pikachu. He's zooming around too. It's great. He's very great. scary. Ash gets very pressed about Misty telling Danny to be careful as they're riding the gondola up to the top. <laughs> well, she she calls him out. She's like specifically like, yeah. "Be safe, Danny." Doesn't say anything about Ash. Like, come <laughs> on. Ash, so Ash is tilted and he falls, slips, nearly dies. Yeah. And then he almost uses Bulbasaur, which would get him disqualified, an equally bad outcome. Right. <laughs> In the shonen anime world, give me uh, passing an exam or give me death. <laughs> it's very, uh, you'll get us killed or worse, expelled from Harry It's Potter. very that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're near the top of the mountain here. Ash is pooped, but Pikachu and Danny are just enjoying the view and the fresh mountain air. When suddenly a plunger comes flying out of the sky, gets hit, hits Pikachu. He starts getting dragged off by the Team Rocket balloon. Of course. Who else they're uses back. plungers in this day and age? Yeah, and Team Rocket are cooking fish. I think they're reason. responsible for most of the plunger sales in the Kanto region. Probably, yeah. Yeah, for some reason, Team Rocket are smoking mackerel in their balloon. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was this about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They don't explain it. I mean, they were hungry. Okay, yeah, whatever. They like they cough a little bit at the start of the motto too. Yeah, for to their, show that like they're, they're breathing smoke. the smoke. <laughs> yeah, but it goes nowhere. Nope. <laughs> and so, like as they're finishing the motto, we cut back to Ash and Danny, and Danny just like walks over to Pikachu and boop, pops the plunger off of him. Yeah, what a Giga Chad move. Yeah. And Team Rocket's like, he didn't even let us finish the motto. Oh, my God. And so Meowth shoots the plunger back at uh, back at Pikachu, but Danny holds up a boulder. It gets hit by the plunger, and it flings back at the Team Rocket balloon. Boulder pops it. They go blasting off again. Yeah, and then they're flying kind of away over these snowy mountains, and they get hit by a geyser. 
and go so blasting just, off farther. And get blasting off even more. So it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> so so closing in on the end of this uh, mountain trek, we're on a snowy mountaintop, as we just saw with Team Rocket. Ash and Pikachu are both freezing, but uh, Ash gives Pikachu his jacket. Danny so takes cute. note of this. Yeah. Very cute. Danny sees the heart, I think, that Ash has for his Pokemon. Ash is like, Pikachu, you're my special girl, and I want you to have my varsity jacket. <laughs> and Pikachu's like, oh, you chose me? Better than uh, Ash saying, damn, Pikachu, I can't control the weather. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. So uh, we're at the top of the mountain, finally. Misty and Tracy are happy to see them. Well, Misty's happy to see Danny. Oh, Danny. Ash. Ash is very jealous about this. Again. Yeah, she's like, you want to share my blanket? Like, she's like actively hitting on him too at this point. Yeah. It's weird. It's all kinds of weird. <laughs> and so Danny congratulates Ash for passing the test. Why would and he congratulate Ash? And we get the reveal. Ash? He's oh not God. the Zodiac killer. He's the gym leader. <gasps> Who could have seen that one coming? I sure didn't. Wow. Crazy. You saw this coming, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Okay. It's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, Misty and Tracy had to figure it out when they got to the top and there wasn't a gym leader here. There was no one here. Had to be Danny, obviously. So uh, we're going to go into the match then. It'll be decided in three rounds this time. Unlike the last one where it was like, it, there's two rounds, but there could be a tie then. And yeah, things are stupid. Here they at least explain best two out of three. Yeah. First, two, you win two, you get the badge. First match will be who can freeze hot water from the geyser the fastest. And All then right. we get, we get, I think my favorite line here, another great detective line from Tracy. That means they're going to have to start with ice attacks. <laughs> that is a good detective Thank line. you, Tracy. <laughs> uh, I would have gone for a grasp, but like, <laughs> sure, be innovative. <laughs> so Danny's going to go with Queen. Ash is going to go with Lapras. And we get ice beams from both. The match right. is on. Yeah, same time, Lapras is making these noises, uh, high-pitched noises. Exactly. And then Danny does the unbelievable, and he says, Full power! Full power, and then wins. Damn it, Ash, why didn't you say full power? <laughs> yeah, he, he wins. We need a queen, freezes her geyser before Lapras can. Danny wins round one. Second round will be a sculpting contest. They have to take this ice block that they just froze, Using only three Pokemon, carve out the pictured sled. And so Ash mm -hmm. is going to use Pikachu, Bulbasaur, and <gasps> Charizard. Not Charizard. Ah. They all fall over. Yeah, Tracy and Misty are appalled by this. Even though but Tracy... Yeah, they think he's an idiot. Tracy, you haven't seen Charizard's disobedience He's yet. heard the tales. <laughs> <laughs> he's heard the stories. And he not even from Ash and Misty. They're just like on Twitter. <laughs> Danny is going to use uh, Machoke, Scyther, and Nidoqueen to carve, carve out his sled. And then we get a fun sequence of the Pokemon attacking the ice, and Charizard taking a nap. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, of course Charizard does fuck all. Um, everyone else is, like, whipping, punching the ice. Tracy says that Ash is going to get iced out. <laughs> Smart one, Tracy, not. And so Ash begs Charizard to use his flamethrower. He's, like, pulling at his tail. Very dangerous. And so Charizard does use his flamethrower. But uh, Ash's on head. Ash, on Ash, yeah. Um, but inadvertently also carves the ice perfectly into the sled. <laughs> yeah, Ash does manage to dodge some of them. Blasts and melts the ice, and out of it is born a perfect German-engineered bobsled. And Pikachu and Bulbasaur are, like, dumbfounded Yeah, they're like, this. It's did great. I do that? Like, what, what the fuck just happened here? Yeah, like, is that possible? <laughs> so Ash is one round two. It's one to one. And round three will be... 
a sled race using these oh, sleds it's all that they just made. Downhill from here. It's all downhill. So first at the bottom of the mountain wins. Danny has Geodude, Electrode, and Scyther in his sled. Ash has Pikachu, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. It's just so cute. I just love it. Yep, the three nice, of them. Very nice. The three of them in the sled together. Good old four-person bobsled race. And the green light goes ding, 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 and whoo, off they go. The electric guitar gym theme goes. Bah, they're bah, off. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, it's a very cool race animation here, too. Very I really good. liked this part, actually. Just with, like, how they whip around the corner, and then they're both kind of zooming neck and neck. But then Ash starts spinning out of control. Woo, woo, you know, woo, one time woo. I span like that into a Walmart parking lot. I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was no one around. Yeah, I've uh, done done a little bit of that, but I'm very cautious in the winter because I don't oh, want to yeah, spin yeah, around. You got to be so cautious. I get, I get freaked out if my car starts sliding. Just a little bit. <laughs> it, uh, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, so uh, to the right, to the left, Ash is going too fast. Starts spinning around, and then we see Team Rocket watching Danny from, from somewhere, and they've got a trap ready for They him dislike and... Danny's positive attitude. <laughs> I'm with Team Rocket there. Yeah, fuck that guy. He hits on a <laughs> 10-year-old. That's fucked. Some people are too pot. Yeah, besides Team, the, Team that, Rocket that, doing so. the people's work here and, and calling Dateline. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just like, yeah, fuck positive people. <laughs> fuck some people overly, are too some people are too positive. happy. Yeah, it's like, come on, tell me something you dislike. You freak There's gotta be me something. out. Yeah. You freak me out, man. Yeah, like I don't so. trust you if there isn't something. <laughs> so uh Danny's way ahead and he falls into this trap and uh Ash pulls over to help. We get another somebody dug that hole. <laughs> From, yeah, from I, wrote, uh, I believe, Ash. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> yeah, somebody <laughs> probably dug it. <laughs> some really great detective lines in this episode. I, think, I don't know. Is he waiting for the time when someone is like, ah, oh, yes, holes naturally appear here. <laughs> <laughs> but Ash knows who did this. It must have been Team Rocket. And and we pan over. Team boom, Rocket they, digs they, holes. They burst out of snowmen, which I loved. Yeah, go final answer. Is that your final answer? Well, you're correct. <laughs> and uh, they they ask him. Meowth asks if he wants to cave in. And they're like, oh. cave in. And Meowth hits a button. They trigger a bigger hole. They fall down even further. Someone oh, must have done so he, this. He hole really too. rigged this mountain up. Yeah. And uh, Danny doesn't realize that these guys aren't friends. There's that positivity coming back. <laughs> yeah, like your, your friends, friends are so friends smart. Are smart. He's like, they're not smart, they're not skilled, and they're not friends. Ash <laughs> says. <laughs> Team Rocket grabs Pikachu. They take off. Bulbasaur helps him out of the hole. And then we go up to the balloon. I love this. They got Pikachu in, in the little capsule thing. Their, mm-hmm. their electric-proof capsule. Yeah. And Pikachu is trying to shock his way out of there. But all of he's course. doing is supplying electricity to their kettle and toaster. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't he... Meow says something about, we like to be energy efficient. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love when Team Rocket has these green moments. Yeah, they they it's do so every funny. once in a while. They're like, we may be thieves, but we love saving the planet. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then snowballs. Jesse gets hit in the face with a snowball. Boom. Boom. And she starts to instinctively do the motto to which Meowth's like, you already did that. You already did that. <laughs> yeah. Two mottos, fuck off. Good job, Meowth. Good job, Stopper. We see from the mountain, Danny and Ash are making snowballs while uh, Bulbasaur and Squirtle put them into the hands of Geodude, who's throwing them. That Team Rocket weighs the balloon down. Yeah, thank God that before they went up the mountain, they conveniently had Elf on DVD mm-hmm. and watched I was the scene the same thing. where they throw yeah. all the snowballs with lightning speed. <laughs> and then Danny loads Electrode onto a little seesaw contraption. 
<laughs> and they launch him at the balloon. Hey, where did the seesaw come from? No fucking clue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I missed it. It's something. just there. And then they use their Tears of the Kingdom capsule to pop out yeah, a seesaw. Yeah, the Zonai device. There you go. They launch him at the balloon. He uh, bounces into the balloon, which the force propels Pikachu out of the balloon, going back to the gang. And then he lands in the basket. Kaboom! Blows up, sending Team Rocket blasting off again, again. Right, they're gone. <laughs> the funny part is, like, they try to use, James tries to use Victor Bell and gets eaten, of course. Yeah. And Meowth's like, you got to train that thing already. <laughs> <laughs> good tip, good tip. So they've got about half a race, a race left, they, yes. they figure. Now they're going to start clean at this part. And they're going to start once the sun is out from behind the clouds. And three, two, one, boom, they're off. It's a tight race. Danny's immediately shooting ahead, but then they're on rocks. <laughs> and we get some bouncing. Ash is bouncing. He's in the We're going to crash. What's this? Is Danny going to win? What's going to happen? And Dash takes a tight turn. He's barreling through the forest when suddenly Danny's almost at the finish line and Ash comes jumping, hurling out of the forest. out of the trees. His sled is beaten up a little bit. It's chipped (laughs) away. And he's yeah. caught it right back up to Danny. It's neck and neck. His sled is he's pretty much destroyed. He's basically on a little disc now. <laughs> yeah. And he hits a rock and starts spinning out of control right past the finish line. Ash has won the match. It's like the spinning almost gave him more speed. Kind of like those like uh, gravity boosters in Mario Kart 8. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it looked like. Yes. It's like the spinning made him faster. And so Danny confers onto him the Sea Ruby Badge. Which, right now, let's hear about rubies. Okay, so th- this was confusing because y- your typical ruby, you know, is red, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this sea ruby badge has a green gem in it, which we would typically think about as emerald. So it's a little confusing. Bubblepedia points this out. Uh, it says, according to Tracy, the sea ruby badge is so named because it is made from a seashell with a ruby in it, but the gem on the badge is actually an emerald. It could also be a green sapphire, the form of corundum, that is any color except red, which is classified as ruby. Now, oh. I don't know shit about gems. <laughs> They're but that minerals, is very, Marie. <laughs> that, that is very confusing. Uh, yeah, and also doesn't seem like something the show would assume or get right. I yeah. think they would just, like, do ruby it. Ruby red, <laughs> sapphire blue. Okay, Emerald what if green. it is a reference to Pokemon, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, who would not come out for like four more years. <laughs> I would say, why? How? <laughs> Time travel, like this... the joys. <laughs> Journey to the land of the joys. Anyway, yeah, it's confusing. I don't, I don't understand gems. I wish I did, because gems are cool. Uh, I had to take a first year geology class, and uh, I wasn't really a fan, because it's a lot of memorization. But... Yeah, that's most um, uh, introduction classes. Yeah, but I, I'm sure I'm sure it can become cool. I took a, a philosophy class in my first year, and part of it was memorizing like 20 fallacies. Oh, yeah. um, I made the most ridiculous mnemonic device, so ridiculous that I don't even remember it at all. Huh. I so remembered it, it for like a day. Yeah. I remembered it for like a day for the final, and then I, it just left. It left my brain. There you go. Yeah, he gets the badge. He tells the Pokemon, I couldn't have done it without you, but uh, good sir. What in the good fuck did Squirtle and Pikachu do? They did exactly what the other people in a bobsled team do, which is uh, something I don't know, but I'm sure is very important. (laughs) So shout us out in the comments if you are. 
members three and four in a bobsled. It's probably the shifting weights. It's something to do with weight, yeah. But uh, like Bulbasaur was doing the actual steering with his vines. Right. Pikachu and Squirtle were just vibing. They were just there. <laughs> hey, uh, but the power of friendship goes a long way on Pokemon. It does. So that's what it they does. were supplying. Moral support. You got yeah, That's true. Okay. Which so, takes uh, physical form. Mm-hmm. So Danny sees them off as they uh, they go back off on Lapras into the sunset on the sea as some weird different song that we norm- than from what we normally get plays at the end. And that is the episode. Now, fun fact about this episode. As of Naval Maneuvers, every single non-legendary Generation 1 Pokemon has at least appeared in one or more episodes by now. Oh, cool. So we've seen real, every Pokemon. I realize that. Yeah. Uh, before the gold and silver stuff, obviously. Yeah. yeah wow. the, I didn't uh, even realize that. That's cool. Nidoqueen made its TV episode debut. Oh. This episode. I guess okay. that was the last one that we needed to see. Oh, yeah, because we've seen multiple Nido Kings. Yeah, pink one, and uh, did uh, uh, Gary has one, I think. Gary has one, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the episode. Very Give cool. Give me a book. Very cool. Book me. Uh, well, I'm going to go with a movie, actually. Movie uh, me. Can you guess what it is? Elf. Uh, sure, because of the snowballs. <laughs> and uh, when they eat the maple syrup uh, spaghetti. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, it's 1993's American sports comedy film, Cool Runnings. Have you ever seen this? No. Oh my god, you would love Cool Runnings. So you actually would. So it is uh, loosely based on the debut of the Jamaican bobsled team at the 1988 Ooh. Winter Olympics. So it's about like how would Jamaica have a bobsled team? And it's about like, they've never even heard of bobsledding and how they can like get into it. And it's like uh, it's a comedy. So it's like it's funny, but it's also like good spirit because like well they don't do good at the olympics but even just them getting there of this like obscure sport that doesn't exist in like a tropical country Mm -hmm. uh is is impressive and uh it made me think of that because they're bobsledding in this does sound fun you would like it you would actually like it maybe i will seek that out at some that's a pretty kellen movie yeah (laughs) all right let's uh let's rate this bad boy huh yeah four poor me First category will be Psyduck. Uh, he's not in this episode, is he? No. So we have to the, go with the spirit of Psyduck. It is, how do we feel about Psyduck at this current moment? How much do we like Psyduck right now? Based on the episode or just period? No, just, just period. Uh, what I are like our Psyduck, feelings towards Psyduck? I like Psyduck more than ever because we had a funeral service for him, but he stuck around. Mm-hmm. So I got to see what life would be like without him, and it was bleak and, and horrible. And we did see him in the last episodes. We still have some remnants of Psyduck. Yeah, the, the fun drowning, Psyduck moment who flapping. can't swim. It's great. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling the Psyduck right now. You didn't Danny's see him in the episode. Danny's bullshit gave me a headache, so that's yeah. kind of like Psyduck. That is very Psyduck energy. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling the Psyduck. Uh, not not as big as as sometimes, but I'm I'm my Psyduck feelings right now are at like a seven out of ten. Six for me. It's definitely above five. But I, I want to give room for more Psyduck. I don't know if our feelings about Psyduck will ever go below five. Maybe if he uh, tweets be something sad. racist. If yeah, he tweets a no. slur. Ugh, cancel Psyduck. Psyduck gets canceled. <laughs> oh, ooh, I pulled second category. We got a good one. World's worst detectives. Ooh, yeah, you had a couple, right? Uh, about the freezing yes. the ice, the freezing the geyser. The, we'll have yeah, to the use geyser. ice moves. Right. Um, someone must have dug that hole. Oh, very good. That's a good one. 
The other one was from the Joy episode. There was uh, someone is rowing that boat. Which that was a fun one too. But it was last. Well, and same with the the paint on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. But uh, I'm a big fan of. You're gonna have to start with ice moves. Yeah, to freeze things. Thanks. That's pretty funny. Thank you, Tracy. That's very funny. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's about it. That and somebody has to have dug this hole or whatever. Those are it was. good. Having Those two good. in one episode is rare, actually. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with an eight. I'm just gonna say seven. Sounds good. Let's cook this turkey. What do we got? We cooked the turkey last month. That's when real Thanksgiving is. Oh, shots fired to the Americans. So that is a flat seven out of ten. Oh, nice. For naval maneuvers. Good episode. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's a flat seven. It's a good it's a good sturdy seven. Yeah. That'll do it for this week. That's what we're gonna do. All right. And what what are we gonna be doing next week, Kelly? We're gonna take a look. Two more episodes. Two, thank God. No, not season one of Elf. Good God. Oh, we could do that someday. That'd be fine. I'm fine with that. Okay, which episode? Uh, we're looking at episode 96, Snack Attack, or in Japanese, Gluttonous Kabagon, Huge Panic. Oh, I'm ready for a huge panic. <laughs> I mean, that's just my everyday. And then episode 97, A Ship Full of Shivers, or in Japanese, Ghost Ship and Ghost Pokemon. Probably the weakest Japanese title we've read so far. Yeah, they almost should have like pulled the ghost out, been like ghost brackets, ship and Pokemon, close brackets. <laughs> Exclamation mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the Snorlax one, though. Gluttonous oh, Kabagon. Gluttonous Huge panic. Great, great stuff. That's what we're doing next week. Join us. Join us then. All right. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you for listening. You can leave comments on the YouTube channel. They are on the Hydra Leech YouTube channel. You can also email us at twokilladelibird at gmail.com. We have audio versions of the podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. Intro and outro music is 80 Sith Wave by Alexi Action. We're on Twitter, twokilladelibird's the handle. Try to tweet every day. They're really dumb. Uh, recently learned how to use hashtags, so that's heating <laughs> up. <laughs> Only 40 years too late. And and Kellen does a TikTok as well. He's doing errors hey. in the Pokemon show, which is a uh, pretty good good engagement on there. So that's on the Hydra Leeches TikTok. Yeah, yeah. If you have any questions for the uh, for us about the next two episodes, hit us up uh, on the email or in comments or whatever, and we uh, we can cover them next time. In fact, I think we should try and uh, utilize that Twitter to note when uh, about when we're recording week to week, so that people can get their questions in on time. Um, sure. Yeah, that, that would be good. You can also like tweet at us and stuff like that too. That too. Yeah. 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 Otherwise we'll see you next Monday, 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 Monday. All right. Mondays when TCAD is hot and heavy for a huge panic. Wow. A huge gluttonous panic. Wow. Every time I eat. Okay. Bye.